On this week's episode, we welcome Robert Kahali. What do you attribute your consistent success, the trustworthiness that you've established, and just the razor-thin numbers that you come so close to predicting? Well, I, I think it's that we, we differ from a lot of the different groups out there that are doing polls, and, and that we reject a lot of the, uh, I guess let's say, polling orthodoxy that uh, says you have to do very long questionnaires, uh, you can do a shorter amount, a smaller amount of people polled. We think, to begin with, average people do not take 25, 30, 35 question polls. You, you lose so many regular folks when you do that. So our polls are very short. Uh, we try to get them under, uh, done in under three minutes, and we got people to participate. Tell them up front, this is only going to be three minutes of your time. We give them lots of different ways to participate, uh, whether it's on a, a phone, an email, a text. Uh, online, just different ways they could, they could have their voice heard. Uh, we also believe in never polling less than a thousand in a state. I, I think it's kind of a mess when they try to tell you what our whole state's going to do based on 600. Uh, our polls have lower margins of error. Uh, so actually that means we, we've got more work to do to stay within our margin of error than some of these guys with like four point margin of errors do. But we think that that's important. Uh, the other thing is we we ask uh, questions that kind of indirect questions to try to get to what people really believe uh, versus, you know, kind of what they tell people. Because you have to start with the understanding that people are not always going to be honest, that we live in a, a world where people get judged. And so this old model of having, you know, a live person make every call and then somebody have to give their opinion on a controversial topic to a live person, they're not going to tell the truth. And so you're going to have, like we, we saw with Trump, we had a hidden Trump vote. Uh, we, we saw the same thing with uh, DeSantis, and there's lots of other races where there, there are people who just aren't going to be honest. So you got to start by understanding people are not honest. You know, like I said before, I mean, we live in a world where people lie to their accountant and their banker and their lawyer, but all of a sudden they're going to be honest when they get on the phone with a pollster. That's not reasonable. And, and yet this old a way of doing things, it, it's a, it upsets the cart too much when we talk about this. They get so angry that we want to change their system. I mean, they are literally like the the, the Pony Express telling people how bad the telegraph lines are. They're, 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 they're just, they don't know what, they don't know how to adapt. You know, we don't have a world where people are sitting in the, in the parlor waiting on the phone to ring on a, on a Tuesday night. That, that's not the world we live in anymore. You know, you know, why do you think pollsters over the years have lost so much credibility? People will say, well, I've never been polled. Uh, people say you can put together any poll and skew them to come up with the exact numbers that you want. Some people think that the pollster is in bed with the candidates. Well, I think there's lots of reasons. I mean, then, but I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head on the, on the, the two things that we always question. It, it, is the poll designed to reflect the electorate or is the poll designed to affect the electorate? And what we see uh, all too often with quote unquote media polls that are supposed to be uh, nonpartisan polls is that they, they are setting a mindset. Uh, I, I would argue that if there had been some real uh, polls besides us uh, in New Jersey in the weeks leading up to that election, that there's a lot of voters who just thought there was no chance who didn't vote. Uh, and, and this is in large part due to the po polls. We looked at the thing and we saw, look at all these polls. It looks like it's so one-sided. And we saw, you know, there's nobody who's polled this thing that we think is is on top of it. 
And so we, we got in there because we thought it needed to be something legitimate uh, that was out there that's going to be closer than some of these these guys that are the same bad performers uh, that we saw in 2020. But so, you know, is it on purpose or is it is is it because they're, they're not doing the, the job well or they're incompetent or is it a mixture of both? I, I really don't know the answer to that, but it, it does seem like when they make mistakes, they're always in the same direction. You know, the president's polls are just really dismal, um, around 34, 33%. And the vice president's is unprecedented, 28%. Um, do you think that the passage of the recent infrastructure bill can give him a needed break and some momentum? Uh, do you think there are deeper issues that you found in your polling that this administration must address and must address immediately else the outcome for them in the midterm uh, election may be pretty disastrous. Well, you know, <laughs> the infrastructure bill is not going to make gas cheaper. Uh, it's not going to make the packages get here sooner. It, it's not going to put people back to work. People have this fundamental understanding, I don't care what the administration says, that people are not coming to work and the government messed it up. That the government paying people to not work is what messed up this entire economy and supply chain. Now, that's not the whole story, but it sure is what people think. And, you know, an infrastructure bill, that's great. But in the end, is it, it, it's going to take a while. I mean, it's not like, you know, quote unquote, shovel ready. Doesn't mean shovel ready. We all know that. And so, I mean, are, are they hoping they're going to see a bunch of orange cones on the road and they'll go, thank you, Biden? I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, there, there's, there's a lot of other things that are bothering people. And when people are pouring across the border, when pipelines are being canceled, when, when gas prices are going up, and America looks like a fool on the national, I mean, the international stage, you know, spending a, a few, tr few trillion dollars, or not even a full two trillion, on infrastructure isn't going to solve their problems. Uh, but, if, but if he could actually do something to affect the things people are, are worried about that are going to affect them in the next two or three months, that would be a lot that would make a lot more difference. You know, there was a, a poll um, issued today um, by one of the networks where 62% of the American people don't want Biden to run again, Biden-Harris. <laughs> and he is less than a year in his administration, Robert. <laughs> and that was the network poll. Imagine what the real number is. <laughs> I mean, that, that actual uh, poll, as I recall, was pretty famous for uh, overstating Biden's support. So, yeah, I mean, th there's no question. They're, they're tremendous problems. Uh, and they don't seem to be focused on, on fixing them. Uh, you know, if, if he were smart, he really would work on, do, do some things to uh, address the issues that are, that are raising gas prices. We know what those are. Uh, th those are pipelines. Those are uh, American being able to use our own resources and uh, get back to be energy independent again. I mean, that would immediately lower the cost of oil and tell OPEC we need business. Uh, he, he could deal with, he would deal with the Biden just by putting in some of the Trump policies or getting out of the way and let Texas put up their part of the wall. I mean, there are things he could do immediately that could have a positive impact. But uh, they're, they're in pretty bad shape right now. We just got to keep the Republicans from uh, engaging in the same level of inviting the Democrats are to, to, to divide the Republicans before the next election. You know, speaking of polls, you know, when you watch the aftermath of the elections and the media royal class were blaming this on racism. Um, 
And I, I think one of the harshest things you can say to anyone is that you're racist. Do you think when average Americans hear the media make this kind of declaration um, that they're reflecting the Democratic Party, the Democratic candidate that lost, do they tie them together? Because it seems as though the media's polling numbers are dismal also. Is it because they've lost trust in the fourth state or they just don't feel they can be fair and balanced uh, and neutral anymore? I think they really don't, don't. They're so used to seeing what's in the media being so wrong. I, I've said before, I feel like that we've kind of turned into Iran or uh, North Korea in the sense that people see things on what they call state TV, but we call mainstream media, and they just, they just assume that it's wrong. That, that they understand that there's an agenda and with, with, with being put out with. And so th that's why that they, they just kind of take it with a grain of salt. And, and they're just, they've gotten used to this idea of the Democrats calling everything racism. And as horrible a thing as it is to be called a racist, they are cheapening what that means when they throw it at everybody. It, it, they're literally taking the bite out of a horrible concept by, by accusing everybody of it. You know, um... Address this uh, for us, Robert, um, as a pollster. What have you learned in the recent presidential race about the down ballot and in the race last week about the down ballot and the influence that supposedly former President Donald Trump still has? Because it does seem from almost a year ago that Americans are willing to separate candidates from Donald Trump if they have the right message and can relate to the issues that they care about. Are, is the mainstream media overstating Donald Trump's influence? Or is that they need him because they believe by echoing and using his images and his words that the main, many Americans would not separate Trump from other Republicans? It's just not working. Well... A perfect example, you talk about down ballot. On the ballot where, where Trump didn't, didn't come in as high as Biden, Republicans won up and down the ticket. So uh, Donald Trump is not a drag on Republicans. If anything, he, he might have been a drag on himself at some point because there's certain people who will vote for him, but they, they weren't abandoning Republicans. I mean, I think that was very, very clear. I mean, you saw everybody predicted all these Republicans' losses and there were pickups. In, in in 2020, and so so I don't think he he is affecting them. Uh, now, as far as it relates to him, uh, there's some personality traits that some people don't like. But I tell you what, what we hear from now from people who didn't like Donald Trump is that uh, there's a lot of buyer's remorse. I mean, <laughs> leave it to the mainstream media to be beating people up, uh, beating candidates up, and comparing them to Trump when the very person who who has taken Trump's place is less popular than he's ever been. I mean, it, it is it kind of like, it's one of those crazy things. You're like, are, are you sure this is the right tactic? Because it doesn't seem to be working. And I, I know, especially when you look at uh, Western uh, Western Virginia and Southern Virginia, some of those those turnouts were, were monumental. And there is, this party is better when it is united when the, the people who don't like Trump, the people who do like Trump, and the people who can agree on Trump's policies are on the same page. And uh, the, the one lesson that we, we probably shouldn't take from this is to start dividing back up. Because if we turn back into the, you know, the, the, the 2012 Mitt Romney, 
the country club party and ship the jobs overseas, we're not gonna win anymore. And finally, what lessons uh, does this administration need to learn what the polls are telling us for the midterm election that is less than two years away? Because all pollsters are showing, and even the network posters are showing, that the American people favor Republican candidates. Well, if I were the Biden administration, I would go find that Seinfeld episode where George decided that he would do exactly opposite of what he thought and everything worked out for him, and I would study that. Just that simple? Yeah, do the opposite of what you think, because that's about where they are. Can they turn it around? <laughs> Anything can be turned around. Politics is a strange game. And I can tell you this, if they find out a way to give enough people uh, money to stay home and not do anything and make them dependent on government checks, they can create a greater audience uh, uh, that will be they can count on. Uh, it, it is there's a dangerous thing when, when we start sending a certain percentage of the electorate uh, revenue and they're depending on an election to keep it. And so I think that that's the place that everybody needs to be most wary. Robert Cahaley. Um... Chief Poster of the Trafficker Group. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for restoring integrity to polling. We look forward to having you, you back so in the much. future. It, it, it is always great to be here, and it's always great to be anywhere where Armstrong is. If he doesn't put me put me to shame because he, he's such a shining star. <laughs> You're too kind, brother. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. 